You're listening to Education Experts with EDX Education. Education is evolving. Join Heather Welch from EDX Education chatting with teachers, psychologists, parents, authors, creatives and other talented experts to keep up with the trends and what's happening from around the globe. This podcast series from EDX Education discusses home learning, school readiness, being creatives, changing in education, discussing what's next, hands-on learning, or as we like to say, learning through play. Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education. Today we're in conversation with Shannon Croy, CEO and founder at Yellow Dig Tech, she's a tech entrepreneur. Now Yellow Dig is a community-driven active learning platform adopted by many colleges, universities, K-12 schools and corporate training clients. Their mission is to transform every classroom into an active, social and experiential learning community. I mean, you can, you can explain this to everyone, but it's through gamification, gamified learning. Today, we're chatting with Shanuk about how to transform a classroom into an active social and experiential learning community, trends in learning, teaching and learning, and, you know, where it was founded. Welcome, Shanuk. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Heather. Great to be here. Um, look, can I ask you to introduce, introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them about your adventures in founding Yellow Dig? Well, I mean, that's a long story. Um, I uh, founded Yellowdig uh, back in 2015. Uh, so we have been at it for the last seven years now. And my background is, um, you know, engineer by training, grew up in India, moved to the US, uh, did my master's in, you know, systems and some other engineering areas, then moved into corporate, um, you know, spent about 10 years uh, working for a variety of companies and a variety of roles, you know, product building and kind of other uh, consulting roles. Um, and then back in 2015, um, I came to the realization that, you know, I, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. My dad was a entrepreneur himself. So maybe that's kind of something I kind of saw growing up. So that kind of thing was always in me. Uh, so the big question for me that time was, okay, what should I build? I love technology and I also enjoy learning. So I thought maybe I just mix those two, two things together to kind of build something interesting. So Shanuk, what are the, in your research, Yellow Dig, how did you come up with actual Yellow Dig? Yes. Yeah, so the, the problem that I kind of got excited about is, you know, the whole idea that, you know, students spend myself included, I have two daughters. I mean, they spend an enormous amount of time in classrooms um, and no, we know the valuation, you know, I, I greatly value education. I mean, that's one of the most transformative experiences that I had in my life. You know, I grew up pretty, you know, average in an average locality, but I think education has been a big uh, savior for me to come to the point that I've achieved, you know, reach in my life. Uh, so I value it greatly, but I also realized that you know, a lot of ways uh, when we spend time in the classrooms, um, you know, students are doing the bare minimum just to get by. Um, you know, they, they, they have to do what they have to do to get the grade or get the, you know, project or assignment, whatever they have to finish and then move on. And there is this lack of engagement sometimes where students are not truly connecting to the subject matter or truly exploring, you know, what you know, what all can be explored in those, uh, you know, classes and programs. Um, and that's something that has bothered me for a long time. So when I started thinking about starting a company, I kind of thought that 
you know, given technology is so pervasive these days, you know, all these kids are always on social media, you know, always using something. I mean, it's hard to keep them off the phone. So if we can build an app uh, that can solve this problem for the teachers, for the institutions, so the students are more engaged in their learning. Uh, of course, they can use Facebook and you know, Twitter and other things, but but they're actually using technology for learning as well. I thought that would be a worthwhile problem to solve. So th- that was my start. And, you know, the active learning, engaged learning, all that kind of evolved from there. So how is it different to other platforms? I mean, so, you know, you've got so many different platforms around the world that they can use. And, you know, during the pandemic, we've had more and more come out. So how is this giving a learner a more a, a, a different experience? It's a great question. You know, a lot of the platforms and you know we can discuss a few like which are out there which are being used are designed for either delivering content so for example learning management systems have been used for a long time where the instructor can create content that the students will come and consume Uh, and there are other platforms like adaptive learning and where you can let's say do kind of math exercises and kind of you know get quick feedback essentially you know let's say you know i'm trying to solve a problem and you know, uh, you know, I, I kind of write an answer that the software itself will tell you that where I got wrong so that I can quickly you know, correct myself. So there's a lot of advances that has happened in these two areas, but there hasn't been a lot of work, or a lot of products where students are actually being connected to one another and with the, with the teacher. Um, you know, essentially the whole idea is that building a community where think about if you're in a classroom, the, the standard experience is the students are on their own. You know, sometimes there are group activities or whatnot, but they're largely on their own, trying to learn the subject. And when they go home, they're doing their homeworks. Mm-hmm. But how about kind of creating a community where the students are together with one another all the time so that they can ask questions, they can share ideas with one another, just like Facebook or just like any social platform, but it's designed for that course experience. That kind of a product did not exist at that time or did not exist in the way we have built it. I mean, that is, has been our journey to kind of build that product out over the last seven years. So bringing that social aspect and this social aspect for children, social and emotional learning, I suppose, is the other one. But what's the motivational factor to get on it? So children, they may turn around and say, well, I'll just use Facebook. I'll use a group or anything like that. So what's the motivation to actually come on and be engaged, intrinsically engaged to use this platform? Yes. So there are, you know, two primary challenges, you know, if you use, let's say a Facebook group or some sort of WhatsApp or any other tools, then the students are using that, right? I mean, they are already using some sort of social groups to talk to their, you know, to their, you know, peer groups. But the one problem is the, the students who are most disengaged are likely to be disengaged. So if you have a group of 50 students mm-hmm. in a classroom, uh, you might find the top, 10, 20% are already motivated, right? Because they probably have the right kind of background or home environment or whatever, you know, things that they've, you know, experienced so far, they will naturally want to learn that subject, want to talk to their peer group. But there is that 30%, you know, sometimes it's actually bottom 50% who are not engaging, who would not show up or who would not do the assignment or who do not kind of share something interesting. The challenge is to actually get that bottom like 30, 40, 50% students engaged into a learning community. That's what we primarily do in our platform. And we do it via gamification. We essentially use you know, intrinsic motivation of learners to kind of get everybody going, everybody engaged and naturally keep them engaged to the, 
through the kind of learning process. So how is so gamification, gamification by giving them benefits, by giving them platform uh, level leveling up? I mean, how does it actually work if you're using gamification? Yes. Yeah, so the what we have is a point system, and I can explain how it works. Um, and there is also some research behind it, which I can also get into uh, why certain types of gameful learning works and some other types may not work, because as you can imagine, um, you know, some types of gameful learning can be, you know, may actually engage the students in doing various activities, but actually may not drive the right learning outcomes that we are looking for. So this is an area that we spend a, you know, a bunch of time. So the way it works is this, which is every learning environment for us could be a classroom, could be a community, could be a club. Uh, Yellowdick supports all various use cases. You know, requires every participant, which is every learner, to earn a certain number of points. Uh, so the, you know, let's say you are taking a math class and the basic instruction from the teacher is that you have to earn, let's say, uh, a thousand points by the end of this course, which might last for a few months. As a learner, so it almost becomes like a participation point for the students to earn. So which kind of forces everybody to get into the community and start earning those points. And the way you earn those points, uh, there are broadly two categories of points. So one is participation points, where somebody asking a question that some other students can answer, or maybe the teacher can answer, or somebody sharing an interesting you know, project or something they found that might relate to what they're learning in the classroom would earn points. And there are some parameters around it, right? So we, we, there are some ways to earn points and you can make it slightly difficult so that just sharing a, a, a sentence may not earn you points. You may have to write a paragraph to earn a points. And there are various settings in a point system to kind of drive that behavior. But essentially what happens is we motivate the learners to actually become active through this uh, participation points. The other type of points are social points. So what it is, is that if I said something and somebody interacted with me because it's I said engagement. something interesting, they will earn points too. The person who actually shared the content will earn points and the person who actually interacted would also point, earn points. So we are motivating the students to actually talk to one another. That naturally happens. But typically in a classroom, the dynamic that plays out is that a small group will talk to another group. So there are small little groups, but through this point system, the way we have designed it, we actually maximize connectivity. So we try to see, you know, one student talking to as many students as possible in that classroom. And we typically, our average is more than 50%. So a single student will talk to more than 50% of the rest of the class through that experience. That's how it is designed. And what it does is that it actually starts to create that social fabric uh, that otherwise may come in, right? I mean, if you are lucky, I mean, some students might actually naturally will go and talk to others and get to know one another, but more likely it won't come up. But in Yellowdick, it would happen if you are using us in a classroom. So is for the, so the teacher has kind of an admin section where she sets up the curriculum, what they have to do and task orientated. And then the students log in and they have, say, their chat rooms or their areas where they engage, where they do the work, where they submit the work. So is this what the platform really looks like? That's right. So, you know, you, you can imagine as, as you said, like a social platform like Facebook, it feels very much social media type. Um, so that for the students, it, there is no learning curve. As soon as they get into Yellowdick, they know what to do. It's intuitive. It, it has a feed and the feed organizes itself um, based on engagement. So 
if I am in a you know social sciences class and we are discussing uh, one topic today, that will go always go on the top because that has the engagement of the class at that moment. But next week, if you move on to something else, naturally that will fall down in that feed and something else will come up. So it's very natural for the students to go and engage and it's designed based on social media cues. The, uh, the other things for the instructor, you know, instructor's role is not so much of a grader, but they are more of a community manager where they are looking at the, the kind of conversations that are happening. If somebody asked a question, they, some, it, it already might, you know, we like the students answering each other's questions, but sometimes the teacher can jump in and kind of share a different point of view or maybe correct the answer, right? If it wasn't correct. So they almost kind of, you know, act as a guide on the side, but we make it very easy for them because they don't have to have one-on-one -on -one conversation with each student, which tend to happen, right? Because each teacher is kind of reaching out to each student one-on-one, -on -one, which tends to be a lot of work. But in a community, once they answer for one student's question, everybody can see the answer, right? So essentially they're using their time much more judiciously and kind of focusing on things that they would want to focus on for the benefit of the entire community. That's what they do. And they, they have incentives, like they can give more points to the students if, you know, they can give accolades. Like somebody said something very interesting, they can give them an accolade. And there are ways of designing accolades in our platform as well. Um, and that, that pretty much what the teacher does. And, you know, the teacher, what we hear from our instructors is we want to make their role much more interactive and joyful because a lot of the time what happens for teachers are they see their, you know, interaction with the students as busy work or they're always answering questions or trying to get them to kind of do assignments. But in Yellowdig, if you love teaching a subject, you know, you, we want you to kind of authentically connect and help your students to learn that subject together as a group. So we, we, we really try to kind of give that joy back of teaching to the instructor, which is why we, we, we see them kind of continue to use our platform like, you know, year after year. So are you finding that it's more, this is Yellow Big's taken up more with the sort of university level colleges and high school rather than the junior school? Junior for me would be sort of your five to 11 year olds. Yes. Yeah, so we... We started with universities, you know, we work with over 150 universities now, um, you know, in the US and around the world. But what has happened for us is a lot of the, and we also actually worked with quite a few graduate school of education where, you know, teachers from, you know, schools were coming and getting their degrees and they went back to the schools and they actually adopted yellow in their schools because they liked the experience. Uh, and, and it naturally is going down. So high schools, uh, it, it became quite popular, you know, especially during the pandemic. Uh, and then it kind of middle schools, we are starting uh, with middle schools as well right now. And, you know, I do get the question sometimes is that, do you think a platform like this will work for, you know, even, you know, as early as like, you know, fifth grade or lower? And I, my answer always is that, we, we always kind of should look at the actual behavior of the students in those age groups. So, you know, I have a, a you know, seven-year-old and, you know, I know that, you know, since she was like six and five, she has been on her phone and she can, you know, even though we have a lot of restrictions around what she can do in those phones, but she actually is pretty savvy in going around and she likes to talk to other <laughs> kids in social media, right? So the behavior is already there. The, the fear that we have is that, are we going to distract them or are we going to create some problems by allowing them to actually talk to their peer group? And, and I believe that that's actually much, the benefits are high if you can design and curate that experience. So, you know, if there is a five-year, you know, fifth grader who has a question, 
on a subject or find something funny and they want to talk to a class and they can actually share, have an interaction with one of their classmates. I think there are huge benefits, not only just getting that question answered, but actually from a mental health standpoint, because in a lot of these younger kids, especially, I mean, you know, we are getting out of a pandemic where a lot of these kids have been isolated for a long time, but, you know, they're starting to build some social skills and being able to connect with their peer group in an online platform over some sort of a supervision of the instructor or the teacher, I think has a huge amount of upside uh, than downside. So for, for parents, I suppose, or teachers that were feeling a little bit like they didn't want to use a platform like this, it's more managed or it's they can manage the content that goes through it or they can manage how they can talk to them or they can sort of see what's saying, that there's being said. Is that what you're saying? Rather than having, so we're sort of, because I know that with my own children, they were supercharged to all of a sudden not using tech as much for social interactions to all of a sudden using it all the time with the pandemic and before that they wouldn't have even bothered so I've got two boys that love sport but all of a sudden their social life was online as well so it just changed the way that it was and it was really hard as a parent to get your head around it and as children they didn't really know how to behave it wasn't like a sporting field where you can say something and it's gone if you say something it's there forever so there are a lot of learning experiences I know for a lot of a lot of parents and children when they sort of didn't when they had experiences for being supercharged onto tech. But this, I suppose that brings me on to the next one, looking at the pandemic. Did you find that more students and parents are looking for these kind of platforms? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, you know, as a parent myself, and, you know, we, we work with thousands of instructors around the world, um, there is an increased need for social emotional learning in every environment. And the need is, not only to be able to academically answer each other's questions and increase the quality of learning, which we, we know that that happens. If you have a community in every learning environment, uh, learning is always better when we are together and you know, there are different points of views that are being discussed as opposed to everybody's on their own in a, behind their screens or whatnot in a big classroom. We know that's better, but, but there is a, a strong emotional aspect here, which is you know, the basic you know, need for connecting, uh, especially as the world is going online or hybrid, sometimes it's awkward also. Like, imagine this, like, you know, if you have a class of 50 or a school of uh, 500, I mean, you know, people don't know each other, right? I mean, it's also awkward for people to just kind of go and approach somebody and have a conversation. But if these learning environments are designed with social in mind, the awkwardness also goes down and it's much more natural for people to actually have a conversation because we are taking the barrier down. And then people find that it's actually a great thing. It's good for their mental health. It's good for their learning. Um, and, and we are seeing that happen at, in real time. Um, you know, our growth has been at least like we have doubled, if not tripled in the last, you know, last like, um, you know, in terms of usage uh, in the last year and a half, um, because we are seeing that happen uh, in real time. Uh, and, you know, I just want to go back to one of your questions, which is, you know, for younger kids, one of the challenges that parents have is, you know, how do we know that this is the right experience? Like, I mean, you know, the, the default answer could be that, okay, I don't want them to be in any platform because we don't know what kind of behavior they are going to learn from one another. I mean, that is always a question, which is why, you know, people are careful about their friends group and all that. But the, the good thing here is that, you know, having intentional design of social environments are better than just like free for all, like, right? because, 
a free for all is you know somebody going to a you know gaming app and just start you know talking to strangers or going to YouTube and talking to strangers that would happen if that, that behavior is there but but if there's an outlet where you know they can actually have conversation with their classmates which is under some guidelines like you have to talk about you're in a math class so you're talking about math and if you if you're in a social sciences class you're talking about social science i mean if there's some like intentionality behind it great things can happen and we have seen that um, and and it does take a little bit of work from the, from the institution to actually adopt those practices but these are based on our experiences i mean these are well, well worth it you know once uh, somebody goes down that path no, absolutely. It's a, but it is a way. I mean, I just feel like sometimes that the pandemic did supercharge the younger children into this tech world, but maybe that's where we're all going. It's like retail got supercharged to be e-commerce online. Everyone just straight away, larger companies, they just came, you know, it was a huge thing. If you weren't online, you weren't visible really at that time. But look, I suppose the big thing in the UK at the moment, and I suppose around the world that we're talking about is the loss of learning. So for the older students more than the younger ones, and, you know, especially in the most vulnerable populations. So I was wondering, you know, how, how to prevent it? You know, how have you been able to prevent this with Yellow Dig? Yeah, so, you know, the loss of learning, I mean, especially during the pandemic, and there has been quite a few studies where they've seen as the, the impact is disproportionate on, you know, especially students from like lower socioeconomic backgrounds. And the reason it happened is because of lack of connectivity, where, if it's a wealthy, you know, if it's a kid from a wealthy family, I mean, they might be able to figure out a way to kind of make sure that they have the support, right? Either the parents are giving the support or they have, you know, somebody paid to Twitter or tutor or somebody who can kind of help them. But for kids from a lower socioeconomic background, I mean, having that connectivity is quite tough, right? I mean, the schools are not available or they, for whatever reason, they cannot make to school or they're not finding their social group in the school, there is no outlet for them to actually form those connections. And, you know, the default could be that they just go and find the connections that should not be the connections and kind of get into a different path. So, so I, I think the, the loss of learning has a direct correlation with finding better social connections for those learners who are most at risk. And the way to do that is, I would say online is the best way to do that because physically, I mean, of course, you know, people are limited physically because you can only travel so much and, you know, this is where you are or where you're born or whatnot. But online, there is no such restriction, especially if it's driven by an institution which wants to connect all their learners together or create as much opportunities for interaction so that there is at least more possibilities for these students to find their social group and the right kind of social group, like maybe intellectual social groups or people, you know, things that they're generally interested in. And that will lead to actual connections, maybe in the physical world too, right? I mean, once you meet somebody online, I mean, you know, all this app has been a long time where you meet people online and then eventually if you like each other one, you can just meet up in person. So those things can happen more and more. Um, so my, my central point is that, you know, for us to kind of really combat loss of learning, which happened in, you know, in COVID, of course, and things can happen again in the future, who knows what we are going to get into, but schools designing their learning environments and their overall school experience, not only the courses, but the things around it, around connectivity and especially online connectivity is I think super important. And we are seeing that. I mean, we are seeing that in terms of, you know, I, I hope there's more research done in this area, but you know, at least the partners that we work with, I mean, they do tell us, I mean, we hear, hear from our students all day long. I mean, you know, every week we have an email from somebody saying that, you know, it was great to actually meet other students in my class, even though I have never met them before, 
and kind of get to know them. I think that's more because of how how the last two to three years have been. So they haven't really met their students in their class because we have had it closed. It's all been online. People that started university or college in the last two years realistically probably haven't been in into any tute class, tute tutorial classes or anything. So I wonder, you know, is this going to be a way to, you know, for college for colleges to give access to more people to and in a more cost effective way to get a you know, a higher education. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the, pan- the pandemic was almost like a forcing function, <laughs> you know, to things we already, already knew, forcing right? I mean, it's like, you know, we, we knew for a long time that online could be a really good option for lower cost and, you know, I, I would argue sometimes higher quality um, than, you know, higher quality, not because, you know, the teachers you know, somehow can better teach online, but I think access is much higher online because it's not restricted to, um, you know, a certain time and a certain pace. So I, I think it's, it's a, it, you know, the pandemic definitely has pushed it forward. Uh, it's going to happen. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, I, the other thing is that we are reimagining. I think w- what we are seeing in a lot of institutions that we are working with is that they are actually taking this opportunity to rethink how they design these learning spaces, um, you know, from a student experience standpoint, right? I mean, a lot of the things that happened in the past was like, you know, it was by default, like, okay, you go to the school because you're in the school zone or whatnot, and then you go to this college because you're in the state. But now, I mean, that is being disrupted because that's not guaranteed. And, you know, you see what's happening to enrollment. Enrollment is falling pretty rapidly, especially in the U.S., in a lot of these colleges, universities, um, and they are being kind of trying to innovate around attracting new types of learners, like why not in the same location? So offering online programs and things like that. And I think, you know, it, it's just going to accelerate right now. And kind of now the design has to be more around learning experience of the student first, right? I mean, kind of really thinking about what the students want to be able to engage them effectively so that they come back because they would come back is not a guarantee anymore because people have a lot many options than they had like five years back. No, that's really true. But this, I suppose in the other way, there's a lot of options. If I want to now study a course in the USA, I could do it from here. I could do it from the UK or I could do it from anywhere in the world. But I suppose there'll be that, you know, a lot of districts in the USA may have like old unfriendly tech. They may not have actually updated all this. You know, will they have access to yellow digging platforms like that? Or are they going to have to, you know, realistically redo the whole of the school or the district for technology first and then be able to use a platform like this? Yeah, no, that's a great question, by the way. And, you know, one thing I'll say is that the challenge a lot of these districts have is because they have a lot of old technology that they've implemented across the board, right? So they use LMS across the board, then they buy another piece of technology for all their students. And that's how they procure technology in the past, which is good in a way because then they can kind of standardize it, but it's also bad in a way because, you know, they cannot really measure the impact of those technologies and they get stuck with it sometimes. Like, you know, it takes a while to kind of upgrade new tech and technology, as you know, is moving faster than anything else. Like every three years, there's some new product that can actually improve learning. So the good news is that, you know, including Yellowdig, we are a SaaS platform and we can be integrated into any platform and can be deployed at any scale. So for example, one teacher from one school district can decide to use us and all they have to do is to reach out to us and we will make the integration and they'll just launch it in their course without having the entire district adopt us right away. And once they see the technology and it works for them, they can slowly expand the usage and then the district can decide to buy it for the whole district or they can also decide to buy 
only certain number of licenses, right? So, so there's a lot more flexibility, especially with the new technologies, the SaaS, the cloud-based technologies that are coming into the market now, where you do not have to do that like large scale, very expensive, like five year long deployments. And then, you know, you go through the whole process then you see that there is no real learning outcomes out of it, right? I mean, the, what really moves the needle for the students didn't really happen. So, so I, I think this new breed of technologies and I think we, we like to count ourselves in that group is coming up. So a lot of these districts, I think what they need to do now is to kind of really rethink that technology strategy where kind of rather than kind of doing this top-down big enterprise procurement, you know, on these sometimes unproven technology because they really don't know how it actually backs, you know, the results to more of a more agile mode where they kind of adopt new technology, try it out in maybe in a smaller scale, do the integrations and then kind of see the results if they're really showing up and then they scale with them. But maybe sometimes without a long-term commitment, if the, if the product doesn't work out, they can cancel the contract. So, and that's how new SaaS companies are. So, so I, th I think that mind shift is happening right now, but, uh, but that needs to happen fully for, for these districts to kind of really modernize the tech stack. Which would be amazing because then uh, you know, as a teacher, you'd have more of, you'd be able to actually put into the district what you want rather than what the whole district has. And then you'd have to have something that works alongside it. Listen, what's the next adventure? What, what are you working on now? Well, I mean, for us, um, we are on this long journey to kind of incrementally improve our app. So right now for us is we are focused on active engaged learning through communities. And that's kind of the app we are scaling with us. And one of the things for us is we get our best ideas from our teachers. Um, people who are using our app, they say that, okay, can we have this on your platform and we build that feature? So we have that kind of, a, a kind of an approach to building product. And that has worked quite well for us over the last seven years. So, you know, for us, I would always say that we will continue to build with our instructors as they give us feedback. Um, and also, you know, we are, we are looking at new kind of ways, things like, you know, AI and machine learning and, uh, you know, other things that are having an impact in education. So we are also going to incorporate some of those newer technologies into our technology stack. So I could have an avatar and I could, you know, choose my clothes or I could choose my new backpack or hat or shoes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we could all be in the metaverse together. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that, that's where we are going, I guess. It's all going it to be one. It is. It is indeed. Listen, how can people get in touch with you or he or um, look at more about Yellow Dig? What's the best way? So our website is yellowdig.co. Um, and that's, you know, that's an area for you to, if you want to learn about the platform, you can kind of see a variety of case studies and things like that, that we have in the platform, you can take a look. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, you know, you should be able to get in touch through the website itself. Uh, and, and one of our team members will reach out to you. Um, and if you want to find me, I mean, LinkedIn is probably the best path. You know, you can go to LinkedIn and search my name, Sean Acroy, and um, happy to connect. And if you have any questions, uh, happy to interact. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to watching how Yellow Dig grows across the platform. I definitely would have loved to have been using this when I was um, lecturing in Singapore many years ago. It would have been a great way for my students to be more engaged. I can't remember what we used with them, but we tried a different platform. It was, you know, you're talking about 10 years ago, so it, would, it wouldn't have been as advanced as what we have now. So it was very interesting. But thank you so much. Really looking forward to seeing where Yellow Dig goes next. Yeah, no, thank you, Heather. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation and uh, good luck with you too. There are so many exciting developments happening right now in education. 
EDX Education would love to hear from you, so do get in touch or subscribe to our podcast, which is available on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, and so many more. This podcast series is brought to you by Heather Welch from EDX Education, as she'd like to say, let's create lifelong learners. <laughs>